0: friend of the family created by c paris and is a strange and unusual production please visit our website at strange and com. that's s-t-r-a-n-g-e-n-u-n-u-s-u-a-l.com thank you
1: Greetings, dear listeners. The time has come, yet again, for another thrilling tale of Alice and Asmodeus here on Friend of the Family. It is in a late afternoon, in the late fall, that Alice arrives in her Uncle Lawrence's study. Late. Alice, where have you been?
2: Sorry, Uncle Lawrence, I know I'm a little late. A
3: little late? Asmodeus and I have been waiting patiently for an hour.
2: Asmodeus waited patiently for an hour?
3: Well, no. He's only been waiting for 15 minutes. And only because he bribed me. Anyway, I called you both in here because I have a new case for you. But before we get to that, I have a few words to say about your professionalism. Professionalism? I'm professional as fuck.
2: Okay, I wouldn't say it like that, but I'm very professional when it comes to this job. I train for hours every single day to keep my skills razor sharp.
4: And I don't train at all because I'm naturally perfect.
2: Ugh. The point is, I take my job seriously. If anything, I take it too seriously. In fact, the reason I was late is because I was running the knife course and I had to take a shower first.
1: Is that glitter on your face?
2: Still? Damn it, how do you get this stuff
1: off? Alice rubbed at the glitter in her face and hair, trying to dislodge it all. Lawrence just looked at her, an eyebrow raised in suspicion.
2: All right, I was playing Sparkle Ninja Fashion Show with Mina and lost track of time.
1: Ah, yes. Very professional. Hey! Annoyed by Lawrence's criticism, Alice went on the offensive.
2: I've been the hunter for over a year now, which already puts me above 30% of my predecessors. I fought zombies, mummies, fairies, and practically any other monster that you can name. I did it all while putting up with Asmodeus the entire time. So with all due respect, Uncle Lawrence... I'M PROFESSIONAL AS FUCK!
3: Alice, I'm not questioning your skills or belittling your accomplishments. You've done great work as the hunter, apart from your wasteful spending habits. But you can't allow your achievements to make you get cavalier about your job. In this business, danger can strike from the least expected places, so you need to be on top of the job at all times. But I just- PERHAPS
1: we should start the mission briefing. For the past few weeks. Hey, wait a minute. Asmodeus picks a speck of glitter that had fallen on the couch and eyes it suspiciously.
4: This isn't regular glitter. It's magically enhanced tactical glitter.
1: What? No, it's not. Alice,
3: you used magically enhanced tactical glitter for a fashion show?
2: There is no such-
3: Do you have any
1: idea how expensive magically enhanced tactical glitter is to make? (laughs) It was two days later, and Asmodeus was still chuckling over his infantile joke. Alice had eventually convinced her great-uncle that she'd only used the regular glitter, but not before suffering through another 45-minute lecture on responsibility and waste. (laughs) It was great. He actually yelled at her for three minutes straight without taking a single breath.
2: You shut it, now.
1: There were many reasons Alice was angry with Asmodeus at the moment. Well, angrier than usual. But of the many valid reasons for hating Asmodeus, currently the fact that he was here with her in this place was number one. What are you talking about? This place is great. Shut up! The two of them are roaming through a forest a forest in rural Minnesota in late November. Alice had always hated cold weather and could barely tolerate it in the best of circumstances. And now, despite wearing two shirts, flannel-lined pants, and the heaviest coat that she could find, every gust of wind streaming down from the Canadian Rockies still cut through it all and hit her like a knife. Asmodeus, being dead, naturally could not feel the cold at all. Upon hearing of Alice's discomfort, he decided to forego his usual fancy suits for this mission, and instead accompanied her wearing a tank top and beach shorts.
4: And boy, is it refreshing.
1: I could spend all night in these woods.
2: I could always set you on fire. That would warm me up.
1: The two of them continued to search in the woods for their quarry. And what is their quarry, you may ask? What vicious monster brought them out to this cold and bitter place?
2: Seriously, what the hell is the Jersey Devil doing in Minnesota?
1: Taking in the cultural highlights? Yes, their prey tonight is none other than the legendary Jersey Devil. From, well, New Jersey. A mythical beast reportedly bearing the head of a goat, wings like a bat, a forked tail, cloven feet, and sharp-clawed arms. This mythical monster has apparently left its home in Atlantic County, New Jersey, and left a trail of bodies along the Midwest on its way to the land of 10,000 lakes.
2: But why? Has it ever left Jersey before?
4: No, never. In fact, it's never even attacked people until now. Just the occasional cow or two. That's why we left alone, but the claw and bite marks on the bodies are unmistakable.
2: And for its very first trip outside of New Jersey, it had to come here. It couldn't have gone south to Florida or west to California. It had to choose freaking Minnesota. What's wrong with Minnesota?
1: Is it cold or something? (laughs) Whatever retort Alice gave was lost in the sudden, blood-curdling screech of the Jersey Devil itself. The two of them tore through the trees to the sounds of the screech and the unmistakable sound of gunfire.
4: Must have come across some regular hunters.
2: What sort of morons would go hunting when it's this cold out?
4: Real hunters who aren't wimpy
1: teenage girls?
2: Shut up, asshole.
1: At last, the two of them came upon the monster they'd been searching for. The Jersey Devil flapped over the surprisingly small figure of a surprisingly small hunter. Not much could be seen of the hunter, bundled up in expensive designer winter clothing, but the hunter's stance and slenderness did indicate she was a woman. She sported a very full pack on her back and a shotgun in her hands. She aimed the shotgun dead center of the devil's chest and pulled the trigger. Uh A quick slash of the Jersey Devil's forked tail tore open the mysterious hunter's right leg. She screamed in pain and fell to the ground. The Jersey Devil swooped down, ready to finish the job, when Asmodeus slammed into it full force. I don't think so, Devil! The Devil shook Asmodeus off and gave a vicious kick of its hooves. Asmodeus easily caught it with his hands, holding it tight. The devil angrily thrashed and twisted around, trying to free his foot from the vampire's grip, but to no avail. Yeah, I got your foot, you little bastard. What are you going to do about it? The Jersey Devil stopped for a moment, looking Asmodeus in the eye. He then flapped his wings and shot up into the air. Asmodeus, still gripping the foot in his hands, slowly looked down to see the ground falling away under his feet. His eyes widened, the true stupidity of his actions starting to sink in. Shows what you know, this
4: is all just part of my clever plan.
1: Sure it is. Meanwhile, Alice came over to the strange hunter. Now close enough to see the hunter's face, Alice saw the beautiful face of a young woman not much older than her. The hunter had milky white skin, piercing blue eyes, and a few strands of blonde hair sticking out from under her toque. She looks like she could be a model, except for the current expression of intense pain.
0: Hey, are you okay? I'm Alice. A- apart from my shredded leg, I'm fine and dandy. My name's Sabrina, by the way. Not gonna
2: lie, it looks pretty bad. I've got some bandages in my first aid- No, ap- no!
0: Use mine! The red pouch in my pack. Use the dark green liquid on the cuts, then wrap the leg in the silver bandages.
1: Alice did as instructed- Sabrina, sighing with relief as Alice poured the liquid. Alice then found a pair of sticks to serve as a splint. <sighs> Thank
0: you so much for finding me out here. I, I got lost from my hunting party, and then that, that thing attacked me. I'm so sorry about your friend. Who? Oh, him, don't worry about it. But that monster must have taken him hundreds of feet in the air.
1: Ah! He's Ow. fine. Having finished the splint... Alice carefully stood Sabrina up. The two of them slowly headed towards the direction of Asmodeus' screams. They eventually came upon the vampire, laying in a small crater and snapping his limbs back into place to heal them. That must have been some clever plan. Oh, fuck you.
0: I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude, especially after the two of you saved me, but how exactly is your friend still alive? Yeah, about that. Normally, I try
2: to keep this a secret, but we need to get you out of the woods so I don't have time. Long story short, he's a vampire.
1: Sabrina's eyes widened as she looked from Alice to Asmodeus.
0: Really? A vampire? I I suppose that's why he's out here without a coat. But if he's a vampire, why did he help me?
4: Because it is my solemn duty to protect innocent lives from the monsters of this world. Well, the smoking hot women's lives, anyway. And not too innocent, I hope?
2: Oh, shut up. He's bound to serve me as we fight monsters together. Otherwise, he's a selfish, narcissistic prick. I see.
0: Tell me, what was your name again? Alice. Alice Belford. Well, Alice Belford, I am very, very glad to meet you.
4: You certainly seem to be taking this well.
0: Let's just say I always had an inkling that there was more out there in the world. I'm glad you find this fascinating, but your leg is
2: busted open and it is still freezing out here. We need to get you somewhere indoors.
1: Alice turned them around to start heading back out of the woods when a rustling came from the trees. Branches broke and twigs snapped as a large shape moved through the forest before finally the hideous creature emerged. Though human in shape, the massive monster stood eight feet tall. Instead of hair, a web of crisscross, ugly scars covered his head and ran through his face. He wore an eye patch over his left eye and a faded hoodie sweatshirt with worn jeans and dirty boots. Everything about this man just felt wrong. He walked forward and looked at the three of them in surprise.
0: Ah! It's another monster! What? It's a vicious, nasty monster that's come to kill us all!
1: Oh, um, uh, gah! Sabrina tightened her grip on Alice, keeping our heroine from springing forth into action.
0: Save us, Asmodeus, please, save us both!
4: All right, my good lady, prepare to be impressed.
1: With superhuman speed, Asmodeus cut deep slashes all around the monster's body. Blood started fountaining out from his chest, arms, and neck. However, each cut immediately started to heal. When Asmodeus stopped to admire his handiwork, he saw that the mysterious monster hadn't even moved. Instead, the monster just eyed him curiously. Hmm, okay, time for plan B. With another swift strike, Asmodeus managed to yank the creature's arm right out of its socket. Grinning, Asmodeus swung the arm over his head, preparing to beat the creature with his own limb. But at the last minute, the creature stepped aside, grabbed Asmodeus with his other arm, and held him out at arm's length as he studied him. Asmodeus kicked his legs and flailed his fists, but nothing he did could free him from the opponent's iron grip. I'm not sure what's going to happen next, listeners, but I bet it's going to be good. For your information, I have- (laughs) Oh wow, he's doing the Looney Tunes thing! You know, the things where they, they, they grab a guy by the foot and then they throw him over their head into the ground like a ragdoll? Oh, uh, seriously, all I need is the sad trumpet sound in the back and my day will be complete. I just grew those organs back, asshole. Asmodeus finally managed to kick his leg out of the monster's hand, jumping up furiously, wincing in pain as his bones reset, Asmodeus jumped over the creature and climbed onto its back. The monster tried to shake him off, but not before Asmodeus tore through his neck and wrapped both his hands around his enemy's spine. With a triumphant shout, Asmodeus managed to rip the monster's head off. Ha! That's right, I got your head! Now what are you gonna do, huh? Huh? Whoa, no, no, wait, don't! The now headless monster, unable to stand, fell backwards, straight backwards, with Asmodeus still on his back and thus Asmodeus's internal organs were crushed a third time as the full weight of the enormous body pressed Asmodeus into the ground.
0: Hmm, they both went down in the end. Shall we call it a draw? What? I'm sorry for my little deception, Alice, but after finally meeting the infamous Belford vampire, I just had to see how Victor compared.
1: Sabrina let go of Alice, shucked off the splint, and walked over to the two monsters while reaching into her backpack. She eventually pulled out a staple gun, which she then used to reattach the behemoth's head and arms to his body. I'm sorry, but who the hell are you?
0: I'm Sabrina. Sabrina Shelley, this is Victor, and together, we fight monsters. You're a monster hunter, and you work with, with, uh, what is that thing anyway? Oh, Victor is a collection of dead body parts, most of them human, reanimated and given super strength through mystical and electromagnetic forces. You sewed a bunch of dead guys together and reanimated it? Oh, not me. It was my great-great-great-grandmother, the Countess Eleanor von Schell.
3: Do you remember her, Asmodeus?
1: What? No. Should I?
3: I suppose I should start from the beginning.
1: Ooh, exposition! And so Victor told them of Sabrina's ancestor, the Countess Eleanor von Schell, a minor noblewoman from southern Germany, Eleanor was exceptionally bright but socially odd, always feeling ill at ease in high society. She found her solace in knowledge and scientific discovery, spending her life earning degree after degree from the best academic institutions of the land. Shy and reclusive, she had accepted her fate as a lonely academic, until the day she fell in love. It happened on a holiday to a remote mountain village in western Bavaria. One of her stable hands, A handsome young lad by the name of Victor found Eleanor's quirks quite endearing. A puppy love grew between the two of them, making both happier than they ever thought possible. Unfortunately, that's when Eleanor met Asmodeus, Algernon Belford, and the whole hidden world of the supernatural.
4: Oh my god, not all this again. Give us the CliffsNotes
3: version! Uh,
1: Again? Who are you?
3: My apologies. I'll be brief.
1: As will I, apparently. Algernon was pursuing a killer werewolf with Asmodeus. Eleanor was drawn into their investigations, excited by both the supernatural world and the Belford family legacy. Sadly, the werewolf claimed Victor as a victim before being destroyed, and Algernon and Asmodeus moved on. However, as a brilliant scientist with the fresh new possibilities of the supernatural at her hands, Eleanor finally managed to restore the life of her dismembered love, with a combination of regenerative werewolf blood and precisely applied electrical stimulation.
3: Bestowed with new life and partially supernatural forces, I pledged an oath of service to her descendants just like Asmodeus, and I have served Eleanor's family ever since in their fight to defeat, study, and ultimately master the dangers of the supernatural.
0: And a few days ago, we noticed the same pattern that I assume brought you here, so you can see why I can't pass up this opportunity. What
2: opportunity?
0: The opportunity to hunt with you, of course. The Shelleys and the Belfords, side by side. My family's been dreaming about it for generations.
2: But what about your leg? Your leg, which you're standing on somehow. I saw how bad your leg was. There is no way you should be able to walk on it. And
0: yet I am, because it's already healed.
1: Sabrina smiled as she ripped off the bandages from her leg. Apart from the tears in her clothing, there was absolutely no sign that any injury had taken place. Sabrina grinned as she pointed to her backpack.
0: The stuff you put on my leg wasn't any ordinary medicine. My grandmother managed to isolate the lycanthropic agents from werewolf blood and developed this topical treatment. Temporary healing factor, with none of the hairy side effects. Okay, I'll admit that's
2: impressive. But I'm used to only working with Asmodeus, which is difficult enough as it is.
1: Sabrina came up to Alice, looking her pleadingly in the eye, and warmly put a hand on her shoulder. Alice was uncomfortable at first, but the warmth of Sabrina's enthusiasm relaxed her.
0: Believe me, Alice, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking of all the other people you met who jumped into your hunt with no idea what they're doing and gotten themselves killed. It's irritating at best. I know, because it's happened to me more times than I can count. I'm a fellow professional, Alice. I've even brought my own monster along. So let's go hunt down some devils, what do you say? Uh, okay, why not?
1: (laughs) For a few moments, Alice couldn't breathe because Sabrina was hugging her so tight. Sabrina finally disengaged, but smiled giddily.
0: Yay! Okay, what's the plan?
2: Uh, well, we have a lot of ground to cover in these woods. Asmodeus and I will go east while you and Victor Actually,
0: why don't I go with Asmodeus? You know, mix it up a
2: little and make it more fun? I don't think so. Asmodeus is kind of hard to handle, so you- Oh,
4: don't worry. I'm sure Sabrina can handle me just fine.
1: Alice rolled her eyes, muttering under her breath.
2: (sighs) All right, fine. Asmodeus, I order you to protect Sabrina and follow her orders until I get back. Understood? Perfectly. Okay, Victor. Looks like you're with me.
3: The pleasure is all mine.
1: Alice and Victor headed off into the woods in search of the creature. Asmodeus and Sabrina watched them go before heading themselves in the opposite direction. Alice and Victor continued their search for the Jersey Devil, swapping stories about their respective partners along the way.
2: Then he actually stood back and watched the two of them get torn apart by zombies. I mean, I already knew he was a monster, but that's when I realized he was a monster.
3: That's appalling, but not surprising given his vampiric nature.
2: That's also why I'm still not sure I should have left him alone with Sabrina.
3: I can assure you Sabrina can take care of herself. If there's one thing you'll learn about the Shelleys, it's that they always have a few tricks under their sleeves.
2: So you've served them for, what, 160 years or so?
3: A hundred and sixty-seven this coming June.
2: Well, I hope they appreciate having a monster that actually wants to protect people.
1: Victor suddenly stopped, looking down at the ground with a tired look in his eyes.
3: In all my years of service to the Shelleys, I have seen humanity at its very best and very worst. I know firsthand that some are beyond saving, but it is my duty to save those that I can. Eleanor gave me a second chance at life, and I can think of no better way to repay her.
2: Is there any chance Sabrina would be willing to trade you
1: for Azzy? Victor held his hand up, turning his head around before finally pointing in a specific direction. Alice followed behind him, both moving silently through the trees, before spotting a small campfire in the distance. Sitting by the fire, licking his wounds, was the Jersey Devil, and sitting next to him was... Another Jersey Devil.
2: There's two of them?
1: Apparently, you stay here.
2: Right. I'll watch them while well, you go get the others, and then
1: we will all- Rah! Rah! Alice stared in shock as Victor charged the Jersey Devil. The devils? Not only had he ruined the element of surprise, he was taking on two creatures at once without backup. The two devils snapped and clawed at Victor as he kept lunging back and forth while waving his arms. What? Though Victor's strategy still made no sense to her, Alice did realize that Victor had the creatures distracted. Silently pulling out a throwing knife, Alice carefully leaned forward, studied the back of the creature in front of her, spotted an opportunity, and threw the knife, which Victor had thrown himself in front of for some reason. With the knife embedded in his back, Victor fell to the ground, pinning one of the devils underneath him. What the hell do you think you're doing? What the hell is he doing? What the hell do you think you're doing? For a moment, Alice stared as everything around her became confusing.
2: You can talk?
1: Yeah,
4: I can talk. I'm a freaking associate professor at NY Freaking you?
0: Aw, oh, is that kind of language really necessary? You may be fleeing from your life from psychotic monsters, but manners are still free, don't you know? Speaking of which, could get off me and let me go,
3: please? I'm sorry, no.
0: Aw, oh, rats.
3: Just.
1: Wait a minute. Alice rubs her temples, trying to grasp this sudden turn of events.
2: What do you mean psychotic monsters are hunting you?
4: Well, all these people won't stop trying to kill me. You know, like when you threw a knife at my cousin's back.
2: Yeah, but I'm the hunter. I'm here to stop you from killing more people. He did what now?
4: I ain't killed nobody, lady. I was back home in Jersey minding my own business when a crazy blonde and beauty queen over there tried to axe me off. I tried to give him the shake, but they followed me all the way here. Now they're not just after me, they're after my cousin, the Minnesota devil.
1: Nice to meet you both. Alice's eyes narrowed as she turned to face Victor. Victor looked down, too ashamed to meet her gaze.
2: Victor, is he telling the truth? Yes. So you've hunted him here all the way from New Jersey? And the trail of bodies?
3: We're not of his doing.
2: So what, the whole save as many lives as I can thing was just a load of crap?
3: No, I meant it. I mean it. But like Asmodeus, I am bound by an oath of service. But the past few generations have taken the family in a different direction.
1: Victor sighed in defeat, still unable to look Alice in the eye. Alice looked at him, considering what she should do next.
2: What are your orders, Victor?
3: I'm to bring them back to Sabrina. Preferably alive, to serve as her research subjects. Since there's two of them, I imagine one will be kept alive for testing while the other will. Will be dissected. Jesus, Mary
1: and Joseph!
0: Okay, I'm ready for you to let me go! Let me
1: go! Please! The Minnesota Devil thrashed around to no avail. Still holding her tight in his grip, Victor slowly got to his feet. He finally faced Alice. A solemn, knowing look in his eyes.
2: You know I'm not going to let you do that.
3: Yes, you're going to have to stop
1: me. Studying him closely, Alice walked up to Victor, looked him in the eye, and then punched him in the stomach as hard as she could. Though Alice knows how to throw a pretty mean punch, she's already seen the kind of damage Victor could take. She knew that to him it must have been like a tap on the shoulder if he felt it at all. Nevertheless, Victor fell backwards and folded to the ground, releasing the Minnesota Devil as he fell. The two of you need to get out of here now. Right. Thanks, lady. It was nice to meet you. The two of them started flapping, hovering the ground and started to take to the air, when in a sudden blur of motion they both fell to the ground dead. Blood poured onto the ground from their open throats. God damn it, Azzy! What did you do that for? What? I thought we were killing them. Asmodeus shrugged as he idly licked the blood from his hands. Behind him stood Sabrina, looking squarely at Victor with an ice-cold expression on her face.
0: Yes, Victor. We were hunting them. I thought I'd made that very clear. It's a good thing Asmodeus and I got here in time. Now get up and grab the bodies. We're done. Oh, no, we're not.
1: Alice drew out her battle axe, standing defiantly between Sabrina and the bodies. Victor got up, gave Alice an apologetic look, and went to Sabrina's side. Asmodeus looked around, realizing something had changed, while Sabrina met Alice's accusatory gaze with a warm smile.
0: Alice, Alice, Alice. We can't just leave these bodies here where anyone could find them. I'll take care of it, and you can go home. Congratulate yourself on a job well done. I know what you plan to do with them. You're going to cut them open for your research. Well, yes. I'm a Shelly. We don't just fight the supernatural. We study it. Even if it means a dissection or two. They were intelligent
2: beings, not objects for you to tear apart. And they never murdered anyone. They just wanted to
0: live alone, and you just hunted them down for your experiments. So what's the problem exactly? You're the Belford Hunter, Alice. You protect people from monsters, not the other way around.
4: She's got you there.
0: Shut up! What about all the murders that occurred on their trail? I know they didn't kill anyone. A few people came across the Jersey Devil on the way here. If any of them blabbed about it and made him and the whole supernatural public, that would have complicated things. And I really don't like complications. So you killed them.
4: Which, again, isn't your concern. Human murders are someone else's problems, remember?
2: Shut up! I don't care what everyone says my job is. I am not letting you take those bodies
0: really alice do we really have to fight over this yeah
1: we really do alice started adopting one of her fighting stances coldly eyeing sabrina sabrina kept her smile in place but her hand was reaching into one of her pockets victor looked down at the ground ashamed of what he was about to do asmodeus shrugged his shoulders
4: Sorry, Toots, but she's in one of her moods again. It was nice knowing you, but I'm going to rip your family pet apart, and this time, he's staying that way.
1: Eye patch! Victor moved his hands up to the eye patch, preparing to flip it open. Asmodeus struck forth in a flash, ripping a deep gash in Victor's chest, and then suddenly fell to the ground, screaming and writhing in agony. Victor looked down at him with the cold, reptilian eye that had been hidden underneath the patch. Asmodeus' screaming and writhing grew fainter and fainter until he finally laid silent and dead. Sabrina looked to Alice and grinned.
0: Basilisk guy kills anything it sees. I found it and put it in Victor a few months back. Of course, it can't really kill Asmodeus since he's already dead. He'll recover eventually, probably. You, not so much. So why don't you just let me take my bodies and we'll let bygones be bygones, okay?
1: Alice quickly placed the flat of her axe blade between her and Victor, and started making her way to Sabrina.
0: Ooh, clever! Use the axe to reflect Victor's gaze and come to me so we'll both be in his line of fire! Very good, Alice! I'm impressed! If you like that move, wait till you see
1: this! Keeping the axe blade up with one hand, Alice reached to her other side and pulled out a knife. Running towards Sabrina with determination in her eyes, she aimed the knife at Sabrina's shoulder and prepared to throw! That's when Sabrina pulled out a taser gun and shot Alice's axe blade. The searing electricity coursed from the axe to Alice on its way to the ground, dropping her instantly. The last sight Alice saw was Sabrina standing over her, smiling victoriously, before Alice slipped into a deep, dark well of blackness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Alice. Alice, you're okay. It's okay. You're safe now.
1: Alice stopped screaming, took a deep breath, and looked around. She was back home, in her room at the Belford Mansion. Her mother was holding her tightly, while on the other side of the bed, Uncle Lawrence put a firm, reassuring hand on her shoulder.
2: But, but how, how, how did you save me?
3: We didn't, really. A young woman called us using your cell phone and told us where to pick you and Asmodeus up. She also said to tell you she... Really enjoyed meeting you and hope there were no hard feelings. I assume you can explain this?
2: It was a nightmare, Uncle Lawrence. At first she seemed like she needed our help, but then she, she... I should have seen it. I wasn't paying attention and...
3: No more
0: of that, Alice. You're safe now, and that's what's important.
3: Your mother's right. We'll talk
1: about it when you're ready. Alice sighed, looking down in defeat and confusion.
2: <sighs> she had me. She had us both completely at her mercy. Why would she just let us go?
1: An excellent question, dear listeners. Let us transition to out on the road, on the way out of Minnesota, where we briefly join Victor and Sabrina.
3: Why would you not take out the girl and the vampire?
0: Because I like Alice. She's good people. And I'm nothing if not a people person.
3: No, seriously. Why did you let them go?
1: Victor and Sabrina drove down the highway, returning home after a successful mission. In the back of the van were two large coolers, containing the bodies of the Jersey and Minnesota Devils, each packed in dry ice. Victor looked at Sabrina suspiciously.
0: Okay, I let them go because they weren't just anybody. They were the Belford Hunter and her family vampire. If I killed either of them, the Belfords would have to retaliate with their not-inconsiderable
1: resources.
0: I don't want to start a war with the Belfords. It'd be too
3: distracting. Ah, that sounds much more plausible.
1: Well, there you have it, dear listeners. In a world with a great many monsters, it stands to reason that there would be more monster hunters in the world besides the Belfords. If not all acting altruistically. Could this be the last time we see Sabrina and Victor? You'll have to stay tuned to find out for sure. But between you and me, I wouldn't bet on it. Good night, dear listeners. Good night.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Sabrina and this is Victor. Say hi, Victor. Hello. Victor, can you bring the script over here? I can't read this.
3: <sighs> they need to follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes, maybe leave us a comment? Review.
0: And don't forget to visit us at our website, strangeandunusual.com. That's strange, the letter N, unusual.com. Say thank you, Victor.
3: Thank you, Victor.
0: That's not what it was supposed to... You are so useless. (sighs) This is Friend of the Family, created by C. Paris, and is a Strange and Unusual production. Please visit our website at strangeandunusual.com. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-N-U-N-U-S-U-A-L.